the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast, Season 4. Let's go, baby. Yeah. There was a time I had trouble talking about it. Congratulate them, we know they doubted. Somehow we made it up out the pit, back against the wall. Never quit, traversing through each obstacle. Show a non-believer what's possible. Let nothing they could do stand in between me and my wildest dreams. Let's go. Nothing that come at us could come in between. Life gave me the worst, yet my side grew so green. We've been down in the dirt, been tossed in the trash. But I never strayed from my path. When we're gone, we ain't looking back. Maybe we were all way too high. Maybe that's our fault. It's going to be a crazy time, but it's going to be a fun time. Life is boring if you don't take some chances and do some things outside the box. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fantasy football advice. All right, all right, all right. It is January 6, 2023. The final Feel Good Friday of the fantasy football season is among us, as well as a week 18 slate of games that is full of fantasy and NFL implications, guys. Seth Wilcock, your guy, back with you on the In Between Fantasy Football podcast. I'm joined by a man who continues just continues to beef with Scholastic, and he enjoys good music, better whiskey, and mediocre tight ends. Guys, that's my man, Nate Polvote. Nathan, how are you today on our final Friday show of the season? Well, Scholastic still hasn't apologized for the false information they're putting out into the world. I'm waiting for that apology, Scholastic. Anytime is good. Email, text message, whatever public. It's fine. I'm great, man. It's Friday. Kind of said that's our last Friday show of the year, but, uh, it's been a great season and we've had a lot of fun. I agree. We've had great guests throughout this, uh, th- this series, this season. It's been a lot of fun to do this twice a week, really give the in-between family the knowledge they need to make sure they're winning their matchups today on the show, guys, it is going to be a little di- bit different than our normal Friday shows. No Thursday night football game last night to recap. So we're going to do front and center, talk about the latest news in the NFL, give you a DeMar Hamlin update. Um, also talk about some of the NFL injuries and implications happening this weekend. Then we're going to look forward to 2023, play a would you rather, some pop culture infused questions with some fantasy football look ahead to next season. And then we're going to round it out with sure thing sleepers. Um, however, this is going to be our sure thing sleepers for 2023. So we got Albert back in the chat already saying good afternoon, IBT. Good afternoon to you, Albert. We greatly appreciate you hanging out with us on Fridays. Like, I get Fridays are a super busy day for people. So the fact that people tune in and ride with us into their weekend really means a lot to us, Nate. Um, So we will be doing one show a week. We're going to stick with our 9.30 p.m. Tuesday slot. It's looking like moving forward. So you can catch us there. And then we also have our NASCAR and PGA programs starting up here in just a couple of uh, weeks as well. And then, Nate, we got some video on demand content. I'm really looking forward to that. So people can kind of catch some of the, the, the big moments of each podcast. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, great new addition to our team in HooveTube. Uh, we love the Hoove. The Hoove is the man. Hoove is life. Hoove QB1, now our video editor, and it's awesome. And I'm looking forward to see what he pumps out. If you guys do enjoy this type of content, please give us a thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel if you aren't already. We greatly appreciate it. Nate, let's go ahead and jump in it. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get into some front and center. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. Give it a chance, you'll be begging for more. Save the spot just for you. We're all somewhere in between. How about you come to the place? Just try to have some fun. Ain't gotta worry about something. 
You know, Seth, that might be my favorite drop. Completely agree with you there, Nate. Looks like we got our boy Toronto Dave back in the chat today saying much love, gentlemen. Nate, let's talk about the, the big news of the week, and that's DeMar Hamlin. And I'm very, very happy to say that he did wake up on Wednesday night. He was initially communicating through pen and paper. Now they've removed the breathing tube 100%. He can talk a little bit. Had a phone call earlier today with the Bills and the organization getting the team pumped up. Dr. Timothy uh, Pritz yesterday, I thought this was a really good quote. He came out and said, neurological function intact, noting that he's not just awake, but the lights are on. Nate, the good vibes, the prayers, the thoughts, I feel like it all came together for Mr. DeMar Hamlin. I'm ecstatic for him. Well, not just that, but let's shout out the medical staff in that stadium and how quickly they recognized immediately what was going on, that there was an issue and they got to it without that. This is a different story. So shout out to all the medical community that kept this man alive and healthy and is recovering now. It's incredible and awesome. Yeah. And hats off to the NFL, the fantasy football community, everyone who went to the the, the side of DeMar Hamlin. I know everyone has a little PTSD from what we just saw here earlier this week and now his charity has over 11 million dollars raised so i'm very happy for him and his charity to do that um congrats damar man seriously that is such a powerful thing to hear today just brings the friday vibes right back into it so shoop super happy to see that shout out to the medical community from toronto dave here in the chat absolutely man um nate moving on to some football here sam Howell, he was named the washington starter after being uh after washington was eliminated last week did you catch that ron rivera press conference by the way I um, didn't. there was basically a reporter who said well you haven't named a quarterback for next week if you're eliminated today you know does that make you know change your decision rivera says we can be eliminated today he didn't know if the the packers won against the vikings later in that four o'clock slot that they could be eliminated do you think Ron Rivera was just messing with the media? Or do you think, like, because he actually generally sounded like he did not know they could have been eliminated last week? There's no way Rivera didn't know. It's Ron Rivera. I mean, he had would, to know. You would think, but like, my perception of Ron Rivera, uh, not as a leader, but as a head coach making head to coaching decisions, has changed a little bit. Putting Carson Wentz out there, like, play stupid games fuck around and stupid shit happens. Like, like that's exactly what we saw yeah. last week. You don't put Carson Wentz in there after Taylor Heineke just rallied this team. Everyone rallied around him. They had a shot at the playoffs. They put in Carson Wentz again, three interceptions, terrible game from him. Like, I don't know, man. I think Ron Rivera, that might one might cost him. Uh, it should. It really should cost him his job. That was ridiculous. I wish Carson Wentz would just retire. I'm tired of talking about him. I'm tired of coaches trying to make him work, thinking they can fix him. Heineke should have started that game and yeah. it should cost Ron his job. Well, you know, the, the whole Washington organization is a mess. Cause I, I don't know if he will lose his job because there's so much turmoil at the top right now with, and that's with a fair Dan point. Dan and the boys out on his yacht. So we'll see what happens in Washington. But as far as this weekend, it gives Washington and us as fantasy managers, a good look at Sam Howell out of North Carolina. He was a big time prospect heading into 2021. Didn't have the best season dropped from what was really a first round projected pick. 
all the way into the fifth round. So we're going to get a good look at how this week. I'm excited to see what he can do. He has weapons, man. Jahan Dotson's been coming up as of lately. Terry McLaurin's going to be out there for him. And, of course, Curtis Samuel and possibly Ryan Robinson if he can get back healthy as well. But any expectations or thoughts on Sam Howell this week, Nate? Well, first, if they were going to move off of Heineke, they should have moved to Howell instead of Wentz in the first place. Agreed. I mean, it... <laughs> I'm excited to see what they've got in Howell. I'm excited to see what he can do with some of these weapons. I mean, it's it's a short one-week sample before we head into the offseason, but I'm glad we're at least getting that. We'll see what they have to do because they're going to have to make a – whether they're going to play musical chairs again with a veteran like Indianapolis has done the last couple of years or whether they're going to go out and draft a rookie. We will see, man, those top couple picks. So, like, I don't think Will Levis even, who, who's the projected third quarterback, slips into the – you know, outside of the top ten. So – um, this is going to be a really fun draft season, Nate. We're going to do some rookie profiles this year at IBT too. So I'm excited to dive into that. But before we get there, Nate, let's talk about some of the inactives and the injuries today heading into the weekend. Early inactives on the week, players already rolled out that you cannot be playing in your fantasy football lineups, whether you're still vying for a championship or whether you're playing DFS betting at all this weekend. Inactives to know here, Justin Fields, Chicago Bears quarterback, he's going to be out out this week that leaves Nathan Peterman he's going to be the guy this week good to see that uh Nathan Peterman man he has the the interception record for one half of, the, of an NFL game so we'll see what Peterman can do there Nate DeAndre Hopkins Colt McCoy rolled out for the Cardinals we might get some David Blau action once again and then uh Teddy Bridgewater out for the Miami Dolphins with that finger injury so it looks like they're gonna have Skylar Thompson the rookie here probably know Tua as well Nate this is uh it's do or die for Miami and, and it's looking like it's closer to die than do oh they're gonna die uh, they're not gonna make the playoffs with Skylar Thompson at quarterback it's not gonna happen which is probably for the better for this team they're hurt Tua's hurt they all need to rest they don't need to make it to the postseason because they're not going to get out of the first round anyway with how injured and banged up this team has been and the way they've played it's just not going to happen for them um if there's a bet that you can bet on the Dolphins not making the playoffs, take that bet. Okay, so Nate's going to be rolling with the Jets Jets this weekend in that one. My frisky New York Jets, baby. Let's go. With Flacco at quarterback. Good to see uh, Footsteps Flacco back out there, Nate. Um, quick note, just I, I want to hypothetically, I don't want to get into speculation too much, but I'm reading some reports out that Mike McDaniel could lose his head coaching job for the debacle here late in the season. Do you think that's a possibility here, Nate? Obviously, Black Monday is right around the corner, so we're going to talk about that on Tuesday. I'm sure all the coaching firings around the NFL, but is there a chance McDaniel's actually out here? Maybe we see a Sean Payton buyout um, from the Saints, something like that, or do you think McDaniel's safe? Because it was a really good season until about five weeks ago. So Jack and I talked about this last night on Player Profiler because of that same report. Is it possible? Sure. In the NFL, literally anything is possible. Urban Meyer got a head coaching job and was allowed to keep it for like 12 (laughs) weeks. So, but think about, think about this. You fired an eight and nine coach last season. You fired an eight and nine coach this season. So what you're telling prospective coaches is the threshold is if you can't cap eight wins, no matter how banged up your team has been all season, (laughs) who's going to want to work for the dolphins. Who's going to take that job. Nobody's yeah. going to take that job. The only way that it happens is if they can secure Sean Payton, then they will let Mike McDaniel go. But otherwise they've got to let him ride another season. Yeah. I mean, he's a good head coach and Mike McDaniel will be picked up instantly by one of these other top programs out there. So 
I would be surprised if they do let him go. We'll, we'll stay tuned on the Dolphins. We'll see what happens this weekend. Some questionable players heading into the weekend, Nate. It starts with Lamar Jackson. 30-plus days since suffering his injury that was initially rolled three weeks. The, the division's no longer on the line. Looks like the Bengals are going to wrap that up. Um, is Lamar dogging it, or are we overreacting as fantasy managers, as NFL fans, that maybe the injury just took a little bit more to come back to? Obviously, we're not in the training room. We don't know what's going on, but um, we're hearing a little bit of mixed reports that Jim Harbaugh is saying that you know he thought Lamar would be ready to go by now. I think he could be dogging it. I think there's also a chance that the injury is just taking longer to heal than we thought. There's no way to really know without hearing it from Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson. Either way, I don't think he plays this week. There's just no reason. Why risk it? And and I think the big thing is like this really puts his contract negotiations in question. Does this mean they'll pay him more because they've been so putrid without him with Tyler Huntley under center? Or will they will they not be paying him at all? Will they let him walk? Will they be slapping the franchise tag on? I think that's probably the most likely outcome here. Um, but a lot of questions in Baltimore, man. I mean, I could you know what I could see, and this sounds crazy, but franchise tag and trade. If they don't want to deal with the headache of trying to sign him to a contract, I yeah, feel like they're an organization sure. that's smart enough to move on when they know they need to move on. There's not worth some, one there's some role about trading a franchise tag player. I'm not sure if it's a certain amount of time after the franchise tag is slapped I on. Believe, I'm I not believe. Sure. I'm not sure. We'll have to get some confirmation on that. But I think like the big thing is too, like he can go in this negotiations and like as much as I was hyping up Devin Duvernay, like that was his leading receiver for most of the season. Outside of Mark Andrews, he didn't have much. Obviously, Rashad Bateman going down didn't help, but they did trade his number one wide receiver in Hollywood away during the draft. So maybe maybe that plays a factor in this, Nate. It could. I, I'm so excited for this offseason. <laughs> There's so much of this to talk about. And they're going to be – you thought last season was crazy? This offseason is going to be wild. There's more money to spend too, so – yeah, um, but we will see how that plays out, but probably no Lamar Jackson this weekend. Jalen Hurts versus the Giants. We're seeing positive signs that Hurts is going to go in this one. We still have no idea what's happening on the Giants side of this, whether Daniel Jones, Saquon, and the starters are going to be out there. However, the last time Brian Dable was in the situation in Buffalo, he did rest his starters. The line is minus 14 right now, so it's indicating that this Giants starters are going to be sitting if you're playing in a week 18 matchup, playing DFS this week, Nate, are you hesitant at all to roll out Jalen Hurts or are you full send on him? I'm probably hesitant. I mean, if they go up big in this one early and Hurts does in fact play, because if, I really don't think the Giants are going to play any of their starters. I think Jones, Barkley, I think we see Slayton get some rest. Um, we'll probably see a little bit of Hodgins and James, but not much. Philly's just going to roll over him. I mean, and that's what it is. And I think we'll see Gardner Minshew by like the third quarter. Okay, so Nate is saying be cautious if you're playing Jalen Hurts this week. I'm pro- I'm kind of in that camp as well, especially like if I knew Daniel Jones was playing on the other side, getting a little frisky for those New York Giants, I would be okay with rolling out Hurts because I think it'd be a more competitive game. But right. if Giants do rest starters, be aware of Philadelphia starters possibly getting pulled at some point in this as well. However, I'm still kind of intrigued by that uh, minus 14 for the Giants. I might I might be hopping on that. Tyrod Taylor's a decent quarterback. 14 is a huge line, man. Just like we were on the DFS tailgate show a couple days ago on Twitter Spaces, and these lines are ridiculous this week. So there is some opportunity there. I'm going to be backing Tyrod, I think, if that stays the case. Is it going to be Tyrod or is it going to be Davis Webb? I've heard Tyrod Taylor is the guy, but... I've heard both. So I I guess we'll find out Sunday. 
We do want to talk about Christian McCaffrey, though, here, yes. Nate. Mild to low ankle sprain is what's looking like. I don't know if the 49ers need him this week against the Cardinals. I would think they would want to rest him a little bit. Elijah Mitchell may be back in this one as well. So if Mitchell is giving the clear and he is going to be cleared to play, I would be reserved a little bit to start CMC this week in some lineups. Nate, do you have a more optimistic tone on uh, CMC than I do? Nope. There's no reason to play him this week. They need him for the playoffs. They're already a top seed. Yeah. And, why, and, why risk it? And this is like really the reason why I don't like playing into week 18, formerly week 17 is because of these issues. Like I, if you guys enjoy it and that's your type of thing, I'm not going to shame anyone. I want everyone to play the the style of fantasy football they like to, but you know, just something to, to think about moving forward here. Um, also like keep in mind heading into the weekend too. I actually have to get, get on the horn with a couple people tonight and tomorrow, figure out what we're going to do for these championship games that were affected by the Monday night game. That's being rolled in no contest. I have one league that's kind of in the balance right now. Um, I was up, I was up a handful of points. He had one player left. So we're going to have to work that out. Make sure going into Sunday though, that like you are having a contemporary contemporary plan here, Nate, because I've heard everything from people splitting the pots um, from people subbing in the next projected player, the next highest score or players. Like if you had Joe Burrow or any bills players, letting them play out here in week 18, a lot of different situations that you can handle. I think it's a league to league basis though, Nate. Yeah. And it has to be league to league. Everything scoring systems are different personalities are different take it on a case-by-case basis we can't tell you what to do every league's different you're gonna have people who are cool splitting the pot you're gonna have people who are not cool splitting the pot yep yep and we got albert saying debo is expected to play this week yeah that's the final kind of thing here as well i think if they get debo back they'd be more inclined to to rest mccaffrey as well but do they really need that much help beating the cardinals on their third string quarterback they shouldn't they shouldn't so uh third string fourth string yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're David Blau. Yeah, I'm I'm ready for some Trace McSorley again. At least McSorley's fun to oh, watch. Oh, like, man. Give it to us, baby. Give Future it Hall us. of Famer David Blau. What are you talking about? Throw it on a dime, Trace McSorley. That's what I'm <laughs> hoping for. Nate, let's jump into our next segment. Let's talk about way too early 2023 fantasy and pop culture debates. Risky business or FSA. Are you that hard on the rocks? chilling with a cold one. Would you rather? It's no simple matter here, Nate. Let's talk about would you rather's for the 2023 season. First one I want to ask you, would you rather draft Daniel Jones or Jared Goff in 2023, Nate? Daniel Jones, career season for him all around, but he was really carried fantasy production-wise by 700-plus rushing yards, seven rushing TDs, a 1.1 interception rate, limiting those turnovers should get better weapons this offseason as well. So do you like Danny Dimes here under Ryan Dable, or do you like Jared Goff? He's had 4,000-plus yards for the first time since 2019. 29-7 to TD to interception ratio as well. Gets Jamison Williams back for a full season. So who are you more excited about, given that both of these teams stay with their respective units right now? I like Jared Goff. I like Jared Goff because I'm – I'm getting these like 2018 Goff vibes and he's only 28. He's a young quarterback. He's in a system that is actually favorable for him. 
He's got a really good running game behind him. And look at the wide receivers that they've got. I mean, Chark will be around next season. They're going to have DJ Chark. Jameson Williams will be full send. He will have gone through a full camp and off season. Amon Ra, obviously. And then whatever they do in the draft, this team has gotten so much better. And Goff has reflected how much better it's gotten. And Dan Campbell seems to be a really good fit at head coach for Goff. I like Daniel Jones. My issue is the rushing upside sustainable. Can he keep that up? That's what I worry about. It's what I worry about with every mobile quarterback. It was my worry with Jalen Hurts last season coming into this season. Yeah. And yeah, I was, I don't know if I want to bring that up again, but, uh, well, no, uh, but, and I was wrong, but that's because Hurts improved as a passer. Hurts is younger than Jones. So Jones yeah. has had more time and he just, he's a good, but not great passer. And if that rushing upside doesn't stay, not that he's not a good quarterback. I just don't know fantasy wise, if he's more than a super flex start next season. Okay, so Nate's a little trepidatious heading into 2023 on Mr. Danny Dimes. I think it's just I don't trust the Lions like with my full heart. So I would go Daniel Jones next year if you said gun to the head, pick one of these players. I just think like he has more room to improve. Like I think this is probably the ceiling for Jared Goff. You're looking at about, you know, maxing out 30, 32 touchdowns, uh, right around eight to 10 interceptions for a season for him. Daniel Jones, like you said, Nate, maybe we see the rushing upside slide down a little bit because 700 rushing yards, seven TDs for a quarterback who's mobile, but he's not a Jalen Hurts. He's not a Lamar Jackson. He's not one of the, you know, Justin Fields type talent with his legs, but that is a little crazy. But I mean, he's thrown to Richie James, Isaiah Hodgins, who they've proved to be really good, really good receivers this year. But if they can get out of Kenny Galladay's contract, you know, take out on whatever dead cap they got to at that point and get some free agents, get a, a wide receiver in the draft. I think the ceiling is higher for Daniel Jones to improve. Um, but, but overall, I definitely understand your opinion there on Jared Goff. Just great, pleasant surprises. Both, both of these quarterbacks this season, Nate. So you bring up the Galladay contract. It's funny, 14 million dead cap hit. If they get, but they're going to talk it. about it. They, they really, they need to, there's no point in having Galladay rostered. There's just no point. Um, yep. so, so we'll see what happens there. Nate, let's talk about the uh, first pop culture question here. Would you rather watch The Last of Us, which is a uh, a spinoff of a video game series, very popular. Looks like it's going to be Pedro Pascal, Bella Ramsey. Pedro Pascal is from The Mandalorian, if I'm correct on that. Star Wars television show over on Disney+. Plus. He's fantastic in that. Um, and then the new Netflix show, that's 90s show. Obviously, the spinoff continuation of that 70s show, a lot of the returning cast returning here. Danny Masterson's the only one for good reason who's not going to be back. Um, yeah, but isn't he in Cal- prison? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know what happened with him, but I, yeah, probably, probably. Which <laughs> I love this character, so it's kind of like I hate. I hate when you're watching a show and like even in sports, you know, like you attach to somebody and then they just turn out to be a total dirtbag. Like that's the worst feeling. Yes, it really is, Kevin Spacey. So, Kelso, Leo. Eric, Donna, the foreman, it's going to be glorious here. How do you feel about these shows, Nate? Is there one that you're leaning to? Obviously, completely different vibes, more of a sitcom for that's 90 show or The Last of Us, which is probably going to be a thriller nonetheless. Now, Seth, I don't know who Pedro Pascal or Bella Ramsey are, and I've never heard of this video game, The Last of Us, ever. Really? Not ever. Bro, I haven't played video games since like 2008, <laughs> basically. Um, and I was born in 1982. So that 90s show is basically going to be rehashing my childhood. So I will be watching every episode of that. 
Awesome. The Last of Us was uh, originally released in 2013. It's looking like they've remastered it a couple times. They re just released a second version here um, within the last couple of years. Pretty sure it's a PlayStation only game. So I've never played it as well, but I know it's very popular. I think Pedro Pascal is going to kill this. It's also on a HBO Max, though, which is one of the more pricier streaming options. Um, so I actually don't have HBO. Do you guys have HBO Max, Nate? We do. Okay. Okay. So you're an HBO Max guy. I'm going to enjoy that's 90 shows. Like I've enjoyed some of these spinoffs, man. Like whether it was like girl meets world fuller house, some of these other ones. Like I think I really enjoy when they revamp like early two thousands, nineties television shows. So I'm looking forward to this one a lot. So I just looked up Pedro Pascal. I do know him. He was in that Nick cage movie, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Oh, okay. Okay. And he is fantastic. I do oh. want to see that. There was a dude. It's so group, good. In our group chat last night, actually, there was some uh, some Nick Cage slander a little there bit. There was. was. I was actually, and then I I actually went out despite the group. I tweeted out that uh, National Treasure is the top ten movie <laughs> franchise. So, you know, I, our guy Mike Stoyanov, he was in the comments. He needs to see my my entire tiers list. So I'm going to try to release that today or tomorrow to yes, stick it do. to them out there. But Nick Cage, man, what? Why do people dog on him? I don't know. He is an American treasure, guys. Face off. Like, what more do you want from the guy? Even uh, even those, those motorcycle movies at the fast. Oh, um, are you talking about uh, Ghost Rider? Ghost, Ghost Rider. Rider. Ghost Dude, Rider. He's like super solid in two, man. Like, here's uh, the thing with Nick. There's some actors like Nicolas Cage where you have to cap your expectations. Like, the dude's not going to win an Oscar. He almost did for Matchstick Men, though, when he got serious. But Nick Cage is what Nick Cage is. He's Nicolas Cage, and he will always be Nicolas Cage, no matter what role he plays. And I love Nicolas Cage. So, do you think that's the issue? Is that people like see him as just Nicolas Cage, and he's like such a notable person that they can't like remove him from some of these other iconic roles like National Treasure? I think so. And I think part of it too is because, like in real life, I think he's pretty crazy, and people don't necessarily like his personality because he's a little in your face, and I don't mind it. Some other some other good Nick Cage movies as well. He actually appeared in Fast Times at Ridgemont High mm -hmm. all the way back in 1982. That's a classic movie. That is. Love that one. And The Sorcerer's Apprentice in 2010 as well. That's a really good Nick Cage movie. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know how we got on Nick Cage right there. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm going – that's 90 show here. Let's see. We got some comments from the chat. Con Air was a good movie, Albert saying. Con never, Air was a good one. Never seen Con Air. Going to have to check that one out. I appreciate the recommendation oh, there, Albert. The, the Rock. Um, Nate, let's roll back into some football here. Would you rather draft Najee Harris or Damian Pierce in 2023? Slow start to the season for Najee Harris, but he really picked it up for fantasy managers and didn't kill you um, if you had some other options at RB early in the season, averaging 13.1 points per game. And keep in mind, Nate, he played through a pretty serious foot injury this season, never missed a game. And on the opposite side of this too, Damian Pierce, though, he got off to kind of a hot start after he ended up getting the rock early on. He's probably going to get more O-line help, probably going to get a rookie quarterback, whether that's Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, whoever you're choosing is of there. Um, average 12.8 points per game, so a little bit less than Najee. Missed this last month of the season. Who do you prefer next season, Najee or Damian? It's Najee. Pittsburgh is going to be a force to be reckoned with next season. Kenny Pickett's going to get rolling. They're going to have a whole offseason to scheme for him at quarterback. And Najee is going to be healthy. And that's the key. He's going to be healthy to start the season. Like you said, he played through a pretty nasty list Frank injury. So I like Najee. I don't like the situation in Houston. 
I don't like that Lovey Smith is still the coach. I agree. There's too much turmoil going on. We don't know what that team is going to be. Are they going to be good? Are they going to be bad? Are they just going to go get a veteran quarterback? Are they going to continue to ride with these like second and third tier guys they've been playing the last few seasons? Like, where are they going to go? I think the big thing with Damian Pierce, why I would be concerned rostering him next season, he kind of runs like James Conner, super physical, runs angry and hard, but that's tough on the body. Like I wouldn't be surprised if the Texans go out, they spent, they have a lot of picks in this upcoming draft. They spend another pick, not on like a, a high profile guy, but maybe like a Blake Corum from Michigan, someone like that, that they can get as a change of pace back to Pierce. So I, I'm with you there on the concerns for Pierce because I kind of have those reservations as well already. And Najee Harris, I, th- I think you said it. One, the offensive line is going to get better. The offensive yes. line is still atrocious. You wrote about it in your O-line rankings this offseason for fantasy pros. Um, they should be better. Like I think the Steelers are going to spend their first-round pick finally on an offensive lineman again. It's crazy because as a kid, they would always spend them on offensive linemen, Dave DeCastro, Marquise Pouncey. Back in the day, Like as a kid, I'm like, I don't want offensive linemen. You know, I, I, <laughs> right. I want running backs and receivers and and cornerbacks and all these exciting players. The last three years, I've been the guy screaming at the TV on draft night. Draft a freaking offensive lineman. Get, <laughs> get me an offensive lineman. So, you know, really comes full circle here. But I think they're going to do that. I think they're going to address the offensive line because they need to. Kenny Pickett's a dude. Like how he, if you watch that Ravens game at all on uh, Sunday night, there he was spectacular. Kenny P- Pickett mm-hmm. is a good quarterback. And he has like a little bit of that Justin Herbert Mahomes where he can make off-balance, weird-looking throws. That throw to Najee to win it, man, it was special. I'm not trying to victory lap because I, I know, obviously, I'm a hometown guy, so it looks like a little bit of bias. But there was a lot of Steeler fans, even I was on podcast with over the summer, who doubted Kenny Pickett. And it's looking like he could lead them in the playoffs, Nate. I still got that offensive rookie of the year bet on him. I took a, a week ago at plus 10,000 all the way down to plus 1,500. So... I love Kenny Pickett. I love the direction of this team, man. Oh, dude, this kid has gotten his team into playoff contention. Nobody thought that was going to happen. This was supposed to be a really, really bad Steelers team. It was and for the first half. Too. They were, but then Pickett, man. Pickett started to get in a groove, and despite a bad offensive line, they could get in, which I'm rooting for. Obviously, you know I'm a Steelers fan. I just, man, I'm excited for the future of this team. Like, really excited. Like you said, just sure up that offensive line. Sure it up, man, because the defense is good, too. They need a couple cornerbacks out there um, to, to help strengthen that secondary with Minkin Fitzpatrick. But outside of that, man, this is a really good team. Anytime you get TJ Watt healthy, um, yes. they're a force to be reckoned with. Let's move forward here, Nate. Next question. Would you rather host an album release party? These are some of the headline albums of 2023, Nate. Shania Twain back, the queen of me. Blink-182, they have a non-title album coming out this year. And then Paramore, this is why coming out in 2023 six album for the queen of country shania twain baby paramore's first album in six years and then blinks back for the first time since 2019 of course still no tom DeLong, which is one of the, the, the yes famous, he's he's back uh, i i thought he was not gonna be back this this time nope tom's back baby okay maybe i was see this, this is the as close to the original lineup as we'll ever get Okay, so how do you feel about Travis Barker, Tom DeLonge? Is that the album, you kind of being more from that era, is that the one you're looking most forward to and that you would host an album release party? Yeah, I'm really stoked that Tom DeLonge's back with the band. I had Matt Skiba is from one of my favorite bands of all time, Alkaline Trio, but it just felt weird him being with that band. And now that they're back to their normal lineup, I'm excited for this album. They're older, they're more mature, they're not going to sing about being teenagers. Should be fun. And I don't, you know, I don't like country, so. 
Yeah, I, I didn't love the last album from Blink. I think in I 20, 20, 2019, but they had one before that. Um, when I was in early in college, California, I really liked that sound. So I'm hoping they bring more of that back. And Travis Barker's done a really nice job. I don't know if you follow the the mainstream music scene too much anymore, Nate, but he's produced a lot of MGK's mm-hmm. music the last two years. It's gotten really popular. So I think Barker's gonna have some cool things up his sleeves. I think he has the right connections. We could see some cool features as well. Tra- I've been riding with Travis Barker since he was a 16 year old drummer for the aquabats so <laughs> um I, I he's been in my life as a musician for a very long time i love travis barker and i do keep up with him and kind of what he does and i, I think it's awesome what he's turned his life and his career into he's over dude, dude almost died in a plane crash yeah i don't know much <laughs> about him I, I i everyone like from around your age that i'm friends with they love travis barker so i've kind of jumped on the bandwagon but i need to learn more about him i will say i do love some of the shania bangers but her music nowadays very overproduced. Uh, pretty honestly, not very good in my opinion. Paramore though, like keep an eye on Paramore. I think they're gonna be fun to watch here. They kind of came back in the spotlight the last couple years when Olivia Rodrigo's kind of like ripped off one of their songs, and, but they've had fun with it. They've kind of like done mashups of it and, and different things like that. But Paramore, Nate, they were really cool in like the early 2010s as well. I don't know if you and Jen got into them at all. I've always really liked Paramore. I try and be cool, Seth. I try there and keep up with music. Nate's hit, baby. <laughs> I like. Hit. I do like. I like Paramore. Uh, they've had some really great songs. They've had some songs that are kind of meh. Um, but I, I'm sure this album's going to be good. I'm sure we'll get a banger or two from Haley Williams and the gals. Mm-hmm. Nate, next question for you: Would you rather draft Chase Claypool or Michael Gallup in 2023? And man, were both these players frustrating to roster this season? Gallup really probably spent most of it on your waiver wires, only averaging eight points per game. Every good matchup Gallup had, he kind of disappointed. Like I remember Andrew Erickson of Fantasy Pros, very good analyst, comes on here, touted him as his short thing sleeper of the week, drops a donut. And it seems like CeeDee Lamb's kind of the guy who's you know soaking up a lot of those targets. And I feel like it's a bad contract that the Cowboys have with Gallup. They should have got rid of him and kept Amari, in my opinion. And then Chase Claypool on the other side of this coin, Nate, he's been a ghost. He's been an absolute ghost since he's gotten to Chicago here. Um, outproduced by Equinamia Satan Brown since he's been there. Cole Komet and the boys. But that being said, Justin Fields is a good downfield passer. I, I don't know how I feel about him overall as an accurate thrower of the football. But his downfield passing, I believe in. So I think Chase Claypool could have some sneaky upside here after averaging just 7.2 points per game here in 2022, Nate. I think he could too. Uh, Chicago's got to do something. For Justin Fields, they've got to get him an alpha wide receiver. Could it be Chase Claypool? Could they turn him into that? Unlikely. I think they make another move, but I like Claypool more than I like Gallup. Better situation, more likely to see higher volume than Gallup is. I think we've seen what Mike, we keep wanting Michael Gallup to be a thing. I think we've seen what Michael Gallup is. I'm out on him in 2023. I want him nowhere near any of my rosters. I'm going to move him in dynasty. Uh, So it's Claypool for me. Yeah, I'm with you there. And like, man, the the Cowboys kind of had a disappointing season from their receiving options outside of CeeDee Lamb. I was kind of wrong about Lamb. I kind of faded him at the beginning of the season. Uh, He turned it up. However, like Jalen Tolbert, everyone was hyping him up early in the season. Me as well, the talented rookie there. And Dalton Schultz kind of disappointed at times. He was just up and down and hard to trust. So I think that's what we see from from the Cowboys next season as well. Like, I don't want to say it, Nate, but like Dak Prescott's just kind of mediocre. Like Jared Goff's had a better statistical season than him. Daniel Jones has had a better statistical season, way less interceptions than Dak. So I don't know what it's going to take to turn it around there. Um, but 
I, yeah, I don't really want any of the receiving options outside of maybe if Tony Pollard's back, if Zeke's out of the picture, something like that happens and CeeDee Lamb here. I Dude, I hate it because I loved Dak coming out of college. Um, I watched a piece about him on ESPN, about him and his mom when he was at Mississippi State still. I just like fell in love with the guy as a person. And I love Dak Prescott as a person, but he is, Seth, you're right. And there's no excuse. I mean, you can point to, well, they lost Tyreon Smith to start the season. So they yeah. are weak at offensive line. They lost, lost Tyler Bad. I don't know how the hell to say his last name, yeah. but Batty is. Um, their line was weak, but we've seen other quarterbacks in the league be just fine fantasy wise. Yeah, I, I'm just like overall, like I'm very mid on the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I personally am of the the fact, like I think the Cowboys are going to be the Cowboys in the playoffs here. I would oh, not be, be taking them to make a run here. They're going to do something to mess this up, whether they want to blame the refs for uh, for Dez not catching it or whether they want to blame Mike McCarthy for call- calling QB draw with eight seconds left. Whatever it is, they're going to do something to mess this up here in the playoffs. So, Seth, can I ask you, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, I said that in my personal wide receiver dynasty rankings, it was JJF, Jamar, Amin Ra, AJ, CD. Do you still can, can well, I think I had AJ Brown three, Amon Ra four, CD five. How I'm okay. Think? I'm okay with it. Like okay. I, I think there's a higher ceiling for Amon Ra St. Brown, 100 percent CD Land just has a very nice floor. So um, but I completely understand understand that there, Nate. So we're both with Chase Claypool in this one, which is crazy because we don't give a lot of Chase Claypool love, but uh Chase Claypool's who we would prefer over Michael Gallup and Guys, like honestly, Claypool's probably not going to go till 10th, 11th round again yeah. this season. So I'll probably throw a dart on him. I threw a dart on him in one league this season. Didn't really pay off, but, uh, you know, it, at least it was, you know, got a couple games from when we start worthy. Final would you rather question for the day here, Nate? Would you rather attend Disney 100 Years of Wonder or Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand in 2023? I've never been a huge Disney guy, but they have some really cool stuff that's happening. Some new rides, some some throwbacks to some old stuff as well. Or the Women's World Cup, Nate. This was one of the best World Cups we saw. An electric final from uh, Messi and the boys out there in Argentina taking on France. It was epic, um, especially from uh, for a lot of people who don't really like soccer that much. Um, and it's on Australia and New Zealand, which seems like a great time. So all expenses paid, Nate. Where are you heading in 2023? I can't get into soccer. Oh. I, just can't. I didn't even watch the world cup man you're like, a shame you're i didn't sh- watch but i have have you ever been to disney land or world no. i've been i've been to disney springs which is like it's the they have shops and they have restaurants and it's like adjacent to the park in orlando florida uh, i wasn't impressed honestly I well that's because you haven't been to the park yeah, I the will say like, we went to a restaurant. The food was a little overpriced. Didn't get a. Whole, I'm pretty sure we that, paid like 100 bucks for a charcuterie. But, you know, it's just not my scene. I think this is overpriced. Price. But dude, those parks and when they do it, they do it. Like Disney is like balls to the wall. Everything on the table. We're gonna party. Um, okay, I, I'm going to Disney, dude, to ride every ride across all the different parks. I think you'd have to be there for like three weeks. There are yeah, so I, many rides. Yeah, I I believe it. I just, I haven't even been like a huge amusement park person in the last couple of years. I kind of just hate standing in line. So you know, I'll, I'll tear up the Hershey Park out here in uh, cent- central to uh, eastern Pennsylvania. But outside of that, I'm good. Um, we actually have a Del Grosso's Park. I don't know if you ever heard of Del Grosso's, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's a spaghetti sauce company. Just about 40 minutes here from State College out in Altoona area. So, uh, yeah, Del Grosso's, man. Great spaghetti sauce. Decent amusement park, I've heard as well. So, 
I'm going to go with the Women's World Cup here, Nate. I've I always mean, wanted we to could go, go hang out with Brad. Yeah, bro. Yeah, our, our guy Brad, uh, a faithful listener of the podcast. I've always really been intrigued by New Zealand. I think it's a cool little country. They have mm-hmm. some different cool stuff going on out there. And everything I've read and heard about Australia, it's, it's a wonderful time there too. So I would prefer to go there, all expenses paid, get out of the U.S. for a little bit. But I Oh, that's they, such a good point. No, I think you just flipped me. But you have a kid. You have a kid, so you kind of are almost obligated to say Disney. Shit, I didn't think about that. <laughs> I guess I am. Well, no, Australia is way cooler. All right. Well, we will give you time to think about it here, Nate. Let's jump into the final sure thing sleepers of the week of the 2022 fantasy football season. It's the sure thing. Sleepers of the week. All right. Sure things. Sleepers of the week here, Nate. We are going to talk about favorite sleepers for the 2023 season. So how are you feeling coming into 2023? There's some names that we didn't get to see due to injury. There's some names that we didn't get to see due to just being behind on the depth chart, underperforming, different things like that. Is there someone that you're feeling out that could be a sleepy candidate for a breakout season next year? Not really. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with my hometown team because this is a play. I wouldn't care if he was Broncos or otherwise, but I'm going Tim Patrick because Tim Patrick is coming back in 2023. He tore that ACL early on in camp this past season, so he should be good to go by camp. In 2021, when he was healthy and before he signed that three-year $30 million extension last offseason, he was averaging 53 snaps and five targets a game. His route run percentage, 94.3. It was like third, second highest on the team, I believe. This guy's going to be involved if he's healthy. That's why they gave him 10 million a year. You don't give a guy you're not going to throw the ball to 10 million a year, especially when he's played out like he did those previous, the two seasons before. He was just getting better and better every year. He'll be the wide receiver three behind Sutton and Judy. Of course, both also are under contract. Mm -hmm. But with Russell Wilson, I think there was an assumption that there was it's going to be high passing volume. We didn't necessarily quite see efficient passing volume this past season. With Hackett out, though, I expect that to change. This team is going to get back to doing what Russell Wilson does well, and that's slinging the ball. They're still going to run. Obviously, they've got Javante Williams, who will be back at some point. But I think Tim Patrick, I mean, he could be a wide receiver too. And right now in Dynasty, with his value, you can get him for a fourth-round rookie pick, like a late fourth-round rookie pick. So this is a really interesting one. When you first brought up the name Tim Patrick today, Jimmy, I almost like flashback to like, I think it was episode four of Star Wars when uh, Obi-Wan says, now that's a name I haven't heard in a long, long time. <laughs> Cause it's true, man. Like I've yeah. always, we've been on the Tim Patrick train as a podcast for years now. And he was one of my favorite sleepers coming into this season. And obviously tears the ACL doesn't pan out for him. And I wonder what this team would have been with Tim Patrick. Cause like, I just don't think Cortland Sutton's the same guy he once was anymore. Like, I think he's a solid wide receiver, but I think Cortland Sutton at one point was an elite prospect. I don't see him that now. I see Judy is more the wide receiver one on this team. We've seen it this season. Cortland Sutton, I think, has only had one touchdown as well. So, like, I think there's room for him to come in here and and shake things up. A lot of this is going to depend with the head coaching and who they get in here to figure out Russell Wilson. I'd rather draft Tim Patrick next year at cost than Cortland Sutton. Like like 100%. I think Sutton's going to be overdrafted again. So um, we'll see if they can turn it around here. But some hometown Broncos love for Nate. He's going Tim Patrick for his 2023 short thing sleeper of the week. 
I'm going to round us out with Chuba Hubbard here, Nate, as my short thing sleeper for 2023. And I came on this podcast a little over a month ago, four or five weeks ago, and he was one of my in-the-scope candidates, Chuba Hubbard was, because they need to see what they had in him. They have a bunch of third, fourth, fifth-round picks, a lot of those day-two picks, not a lot of day-one picks for the Panthers. However, they saw what they have in Chuba Hubbard, Nate, and he was pretty good. Third overall in the NFL amongst running backs in yards per touch, 6.5 yards per touch, 5.4 yards per carry this season as well. So Hubbard's been really good. The, the contract for Foreman is expiring, and I think another team will pay him more. I don't think Hubbard will be the starter, but I think they might pick up one of these one of these rookies coming in this this year in the third or fourth round. I think Hubbard can either be the third down change of pace back or the lead back and get spelled by one of these rookies coming in. Any interest in Chuba Hubbard from you, Nate? Because I, I'm really intrigued. I think he's going to be a player that goes, you know, in those late half of drafts like we saw Tyler Algier, um, Brian Robinson do and have some fantasy relevance. I think you could be a, a low-end, mid-tier uh, RB3 if everything goes right for him. I'm going to go further and think that he, say that he could sneak into the RB2 territory. What we know about Carolina is David Tepper is nuts, and he doesn't mind spending money. He's going to throw money at a head coach. He wants his team to win. Once Rule was out, we saw that this actually really isn't that bad of a team. Matt Rule is just a horrible coach. They've played RB. better. Who would have thought they would have even been in week 17 have the possibility of getting in. We saw Chuba play much better once rule was out. And once this offense was run by Steve Wilkes, I think you're right. I think Foreman goes elsewhere. Somebody's going to pay him more money. They don't need to pay Foreman when they've got Chuba Hubbard. He had a hundred yard game had 125 yards against the lions whose defense, while we trashed them most of the season has been much better on the back half of 2022 into 2023. Now I like it. And it, it, his cost currently in dynasty I mean, it's worth it. And he's overperformed expectation as well. That's something to keep in mind. He only has two touchdowns on the year, but he's been a, wide, or a running back four. So I like Hubbard next season. He's someone to keep in mind. Even if you're in some dynasty leagues this off season, maybe you just think about floating a, a late third round pick or something out for him. I, I think people are, are afraid Foreman might be the guy moving forward, but I don't think that's going to be the case after how good Hubbard was down the stretch. He's going to be a part of this team moving forward, I believe, regardless of head coach. So, I like Chuba Hubbard um, moving forward in 2023, guys. So whether you're playing best ball, dynasty, whatever you're going to be doing here early in the offseason, consider him um, and keep him in mind when August rolls around next season as well. Um, want to thank Albert. Want to thank everyone who's tuned in on these Friday shows. This was our first season doing two podcasts a week, doing two live streams a week. I'm very happy with the support and everyone who's just, you know, continue to ask us questions, want, sought out our advice on a busy Friday. So I want to say thank you to everyone for doing that. It really means the world to me. Um, any final thoughts for you as we kind of round out our last podcast of the end season will still be weekly, but uh, back to our Tuesday night roots here soon. Yeah, man, it's been a great season. It's been fun doing these Fridays. It's breaking it up, not at night. And unfortunately, I didn't get up into my sunny office until late in the season, but I'll have it here for next year. Uh, it's been great, man. It's been a blast. We've had some awesome guests. We've gotten to chop yes. up with people like Bob Harris, like Eric Moody. We've had Michael Stoyanov. Eric Romoff has been a good friend of the show. And we'll be back next season. And I'm really looking forward to it. And guys, make sure you like, subscribe. 
It really does help us. I know mm-hmm. it's super like corny and cliche to say it, but helps us continue to grow. We now are getting in some more video on demand content so you can catch some of our best takes here on our YouTube channel. Stay tuned with us. We have a lot of stuff coming out on the website this offseason as well, articles, columns. I'm super excited for the direction of this company, and we cannot thank every single person who is tuned in this season gave us their time. We so greatly appreciate it. Um, and, and like you said, Nate, the guests, people who give us our time, their time and come on the show, Bob, Mike Stoyanoff, the front yard fantasy guys, Eric Romoff, her, so, so many great people. Thank you guys so much. Um, we'll be back on Tuesday. Talk about black Monday and the fallout from, uh, from week number 18, making our, uh, fantasy and super bowl uh super bowl predictions hey nate got the Bengals making it there last year man so we'll see what happens guys until then keep it in between thanks so much your destination for both some feel good lifestyle advice and some fantasy football advice 